Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Beloved, I want to specially welcome you to this uh, week's episode of Glenn Podcast. Uh, Glenn Podcast is the official podcast channel of Global Emancipation Ministries uh, located in Calgary, Canada. And our mandate is to liberate men through the knowledge of the truth. That's why um, in all our episodes, in the previous episodes, and of course in the episodes you'll still be listening to, we don't entertain, we don't, uh, we don't just come here to inform you, we don't just come here to let you know what's going on, no. We come here with the raw truth of the word of God. We come here with the truth that liberates. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 8 verse 32, John 8 32, that if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. So, if there is no freedom in any area of life, it simply means truth is absent in that area. That's why the Lord has given us the mandate to make the knowledge of His truth available so that uh, His people can enjoy freedom in every area of their lives. And that's exactly what we are here for. That's exactly why this uh, ministry is existing. That's why this ministry is actually alive. Okay. Our job is to liberate men through the knowledge of the truth and the truth himself is the word of God and the truth is Jesus so we receive uh, knowledge from the Lord we receive his revelation knowledge and we pass it across and for as many as we apply the truth in their lives they will definitely experience freedom there has been testimony have been testimonies to that effect to God's glory and you know in John chapter 8 verse 36 John 8 36 the Bible says if Jesus sets you free you're gonna be free indeed so there's no uh, absolute freedom outside Jesus. You may It may look like freedom, but it's not freedom. If it's going to be freedom, it has to be through Jesus Christ. And that's why this um, podcast channel is so important, because uh, these truths are raw. They are not diluted. They are not... Uh, they are not truths that want to that are targeted towards making you feel good. They are say it as it is dimension of uh, uh, revelation. As the Lord brings it up, I mean makes it available, we also make it available to you. And um, it's such a blessing to have access to revelation knowledge of the Word of God and to be able to apply it for uh, towards experiencing a better life. And it's uh, it's my prayer. That as you keep listening to this uh, podcast and as you keep applying the truths that the Lord will be revealing uh, via this channel, that uh, the Lord Almighty Himself will cause His light to shine in every area of your life and uh, you will experience the freedom He has ordained for you in the name of Jesus. So, um, having said that, I would like to encourage you to subscribe. Subscribe to this uh, podcast channel on Spotify. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Uh, Overcast and other listening platforms that are available to you so that you can uh, receive fresh updates on new episodes. As new episodes come out, you can be informed and you can just go there and you know pick it up and listen and be blessed. It's very important you subscribe so you don't miss out on any truth the Lord uh, will be making available. You don't know uh, the exact word. Maybe there's something you have been trusting the Lord for and a particular episode has just been sent to you to address that. You never can tell. So you want to subscribe. Um, like I said, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast and other listening channels, uh, platforms that are available to you. And um, you can also follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and other social media platform that you that are available to just search for the name Global Emancipation Ministries Calgary and uh, you can follow us like our pages so that you can also receive fresh updates as they become available and um, generally to learn about the ministry to really understand what we do 
and uh, everything about us you can just visit our website at uh, www.gloem.org that's www.gloem.org uh, you'll be able to have access to all the information you need regarding uh, this ministry and be able to assess other materials or resources that can help you in your spiritual life as you take advantage of this the lord himself will bless you mightily in the name of jesus amen yeah so uh it's a weekly uh podcast and uh last week the lord was very faithful he spoke to us and uh our, life, our lives were actually enhanced by reason of the revelation he made available to us. And this week again, he's going to be speaking to us. And uh, today, we're going to be looking at offering confusing praise. Uh, the, topic the, uh, the topic the Lord has ordained concerning today is offering confusing praise. And uh, as we continue, you'll be able to understand what exactly this topic means and how you can apply it in your own life. There's no truth the Lord reveals that cannot be applied. You know, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord, but the things they has revealed, they belong unto us and to our children. I might do the words of the Lord. So when the Lord makes something available to you, when He reveals a truth to you, it's because He knows you have the capacity to apply it. So we're going to be looking at offering confusing praise. And uh, the Lord Himself will bless us as we... Uh, listen in the name of Jesus. So as our custom is, let's take a moment and uh, say a word of prayer as we commence this week's episode. Let us pray. Our Father in our God, we thank you because you are a very good God. We celebrate your majesty because there is no one like you. We want to thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your loving kindness. And I want to thank you especially for this, uh, my listeners. Thanks for preserving their lives to yet another week to witness this week in the land of the living. Thank you for all the beautiful things you have revealed to them in time past. And thanks for the ones you are here to reveal. Thanks for answers to prayers. Lord, accept our thanks in the name of Jesus. So we commit this episode into your hands. We say, Lord, have your way and be glorified. By reason of this episode, cause your children to be liberated in every area they desire liberation. In the name of Jesus. At the end of this episode, let's have all the cause to glorify your name. Holy Spirit, teach us yourself and let all the blessings be ours. Thank you for always answering our prayers. In Jesus' mighty and unfailing name, we have prayed. Amen. Yeah, praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so uh, before we said the prayer, I, I said the topic before us today is offering confusing praise. And uh, the way we're going to approach this particular topic, we're going to look at our text. We're going to take our text from Second uh, Chronicles, chapter twenty, verse one to twenty-five. It's actually a long one, and um, we are going to read it. Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. We read verse one to twenty-five, and I'll be reading from the King James Version (KJV). I want to encourage you to please pay rapt attention. You know. Um, the Bible says the testimony of the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The word of the Lord does not need addition, it doesn't need subtraction, it doesn't need multiplication. The word of the Lord alone can generate any answer in any man's life. So um, it will be very important we pay attention as we read together. If you have your Bible, you can open it up, and uh, if you don't have your Bible with you now, we'll read from here. Later on, you can go to it, but make sure you understand what is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 1 to 25 so i will read from here uh and like i said i'm reading from kjv king james version it says it came to pass after this also that the children of moab and the children of ammon and with them other beside the ammonites came against jehoshaphat to battle then there came 
some that told Joshua, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Azuntama, which is Engedi. And Joshua feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together and asked help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Joshua stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms and kingdoms of the heading? And in thy hand is there no power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Had not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us, as the sword judgment of pestilence of famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of, out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, we thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jazir, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jair, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, I can ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeriel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand still, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Joshua bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Quartites and of the children of the Koites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Joshua stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army. And to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endure it forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah. And they were smitten, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of uh, Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watch tower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude and behold, they were dead bodies.
falling to the earth and none escaped and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away and they were three days in gathering of the spoil it was so much praise the name of the Lord that is the word of the Lord in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 1 to 25 I want to believe you actually followed as I read. And uh, like I said, when I was starting, I was still encourage you to go back and read that story. It's something, it, that story is something, it will change your mindset, mindset about the Lord. The story will give you a shift in mental focus when you are relating with God, especially in times of crisis. You know, naturally, times of crisis are not times when you want to praise God. That's the truth. Because the question is, what am I praising him for? Something is going wrong. And you are saying you want to praise the Lord. You know, naturally we have associated praise with something beautiful. Your salary has just been increased. You say, praise the Lord. Um, you know, your bills have just been paid. You say, praise the Lord. Your children just graduated. Wow, praise the Lord. Um, you know, your son, your daughter just got married. Praise the Lord. You just got a new car. Praise the Lord. It's very easy under those conditions. Um, yeah, just build a new house. I mean, just got your dream job. You know, your dream vacation just came to pass. Beautiful things. It's very easy to say praise the Lord in such conditions. But when there is crisis, when something is not going wrong, when you have been given eviction notice, when your house is about to be repossessed, when your car is about to be repossessed, when you don't know where your next meal is coming from, when there is a particular sickness that is that is pointing towards taking your life, when you don't know what to do, when you are in utter confusion, you are so perplexed, you are so disturbed, you are so confused, depressed, battered, shattered, you don't even know where to turn. You don't naturally hear praise the Lord under those conditions you don't and yet that is the best time to hear praise the lord you know why anybody can praise god when things are fine only those with covenant mindsets those who really know the lord can praise him when things are not fine when you are praising god when things are fine god accepts your praise he always accepts our praises when we are his children. But when you decide to praise the Lord when things are not going well, not only will he accept your praise, he will attend to your praise. Because that is a message. You are sending a signal to him. You are telling him, Lord, I trust your judgment. You are telling him something like in Psalm 56 verse 3 that even though I'm afraid, I will trust in you. You are expressing your total and absolute dependence on him. So look at the story of this Jehoshaphat. Just imagine, this king was sitting down, he was enjoying himself. He was having a nice time. Everything was wonderful and peaceful. Suddenly, three nations gathered together. Three nations formed alliance to come and defeat, to come and fight and defeat and destroy Jehoshaphat and his country. They weren't expecting any battle. They weren't ready. They didn't know what to do. 
So information got, and they were serious. Those three nations were very, very serious. They weren't just planning. They were already on their way. You know the meaning? Three nations gathered together to go and finish just one nation. But thank God for Jehoshaphat. He knew that his help cometh from the Lord. So he didn't even run a task. He just went straight. The Bible says he went to seek the Lord. And he started telling the Lord, were you not the one who gave us victory? Were you not the one who said this land is our own? Why are you now going to allow some countries to come and I mean, destroy our city? You know, he, he prayed to the Lord. And he ended that prayer by saying, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that's one of my best prayers in the Bible. You may want to inculcate it. You may want to, you may want to inculcate that in your own life. Joshua said, neither we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's the best prayer to pray in crisis. You don't know what to do, but your eyes are on the Lord. What are you trying to tell them? Lord, I am helpless unless you help me. That's how Joseph had ended the prayer. And he proclaimed a fast. There was fasting, prayers, the entire nation gathered. The entire nation gathered before the Lord asking God for help. They needed help. These nations were coming. These three enemy nations were already approaching. Confusion, confusion moment. Pandemonium everywhere. They were going to be eradicated anytime from if it was a very serious situation. But praise to the Lord. As they stood before the Lord asking him for help, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the people there. And he prophesied. And he gave them the prophecy that the battle is the Lord. The Lord, the Lord told them that because you have asked me for help, I have taken over your battle. You will not need to fight at all in this battle. Are you kidding me? Three nations? Because yes, just watch me. Watch me. You are not going to fight in this battle. When you ask the Lord for help in times of battle, just like in the time of Joshua, it takes over your battle. It's very simple. God doesn't need your help to fight. He's God. If you read the Bible very well, he has fought with eight stones before. And the Bible says he killed more people with eight stones than even the soldiers killed. Anything. He can use rain to fight. He can use flood to fight. He can use sun to fight. He can use moon to fight. He can use stars to fight. He is the Lord of all creation. There's nothing he cannot use to fight your enemies. The Lord told them, the battle is mine. The battle is the Lord's. Stand still and watch me. See the salvation I'm going to bring to you. So he gave them assurance. He told them tomorrow, march towards uh, march towards them. You know, you'll find them coming from this cliff. He gave them all the information, all the direction. And he told them what to do. And they gave thanks to the Lord. And Jehoshaphat, by inspiration, decided to offer praise to the Lord. So God was telling them, in this battle, you will not need any weapon. You will not need any gun, no spear, no sword. What you need are musical instruments. <laughs> God was telling them, even though you are faced with three nations, you are about to be destroyed, praise me. That's what the Lord was saying indirectly. So praise me and watch me. All you need to do is praise me and watch me. And that's where this confusing praise comes from. Under that conf- condition, praise was not the right thing according to the common sense but the lord said they need i mean they should praise him and watch him as he takes over their battle so that's what he did the bible said Jehoshaphat appointed singers just imagine just imagine how senseless this battle plan is imagine how senseless the battle plan is okay some countries are coming to fight you 
do you think a reasonable leader, a reasonable national leader, a, re- a reasonable president or a reasonable king will make singers, people who sing, people who you know, you know, people who sing, people who play instruments, you will pull them at the forefront of the battle and keep soldiers behind. So meaning you are approaching a battle, singers are in front, soldiers are behind. What is the sense in that? Even if you want to praise the Lord, can't you just put soldiers in front so that they can do the shooting and the fighting? Why the people who are doing the praising will come behind so that they can, you know, they can be praising God from behind? No, no. God said the praises should be in the at the front. The people who are doing the praise should lead the battle. So that was that's what happened. They were playing instruments, singing, making melody to the Lord while approaching battle. <laughs> And the soldiers were just there behind coming because there's no plan to fight. The Lord said they won't have to fight. But something happened. The Bible says as soon as they began, not later on, as soon as they began to praise the Lord, the Lord set an ambushment against the enemy. You know what happened? Those three nations, they started fighting one another. The first nation faced the second nation. They finished themselves. The other, the surviving nation faced the last nation. They finished themselves. The last man standing, like I normally like to imagine the scenario. The last man standing, I mean, standing, look at everybody. Everybody is dead and he killed himself. The Bible says none escaped. Three nations that were coming to fight Jehoshaphat, they ended up fighting themselves, killing and destroying. The Bible says they helped. They helped to destroy each other. <laughs> Do you understand that? I like the way the Bible says this thing. The Bible says they assisted themselves in destroying one another. They needed to be destroyed, so they became helping hands towards their own destruction. They helped to destroy one another. And the last man standing must have said, what's going on? Everybody's dead. Well, I'll die too. And he died. And he died. The Bible said they came everybody. All, all they could see. When Joshua and his people came to the where they were, all they could see were just dead bodies. Dead bodies. None escaped. Not one. That is the God you serve. The Lord said you will not need to fight in this battle. And that's what the Lord is telling somebody listening to me now. There is a particular battle in your life. You are looking at it as if this battle is going to see your end. Maybe you are battling with cancer. You are battling with a particular tumor. You are battling with a particular sickness. It's almost claiming your life. The Lord asked me to tell you, if only you will praise me. Even in this condition, as senseless as it sounds, you will not need to fight in this battle. The battle is the Lord. He will fight for you and you will hold your peace. Say the Lord. That's the word of the Lord to you. It happened here. They were singing when enemies were approaching and the Lord himself decided to set ambushment against the enemy and the enemies killed themselves. That is the God you serve because it's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Say, I am the Lord, I'm the, I'm, I'm the Lord God, I change not. God does not change. What he did before, he can do again. That's the Father you serve. The battle is the Lord's. So when you offer confusing praise, confusing praise confuses the devil. That's why it's confusing. God is not confused. When you offer praise to the Lord, when 
praise is not the really expected response in a particular situation. It's a signal to the Lord and it confuses the devil. That's what happens. Because when you are in crisis, let me just tell you straight away, when you are in crisis, when something is going wrong with your finances, when something is going wrong with your health, when there's a challenge in your place of work, when everything is working against you as if the devil has relocated to your family that is now living in your living room everything you touch is just you know not working nothing is working crisis raw crisis what the devil expects you to do normally is to complain murmur or begin to grumble is begin to begin to lament begin to tell the lord lord why am i serving you I've heard about people who went to crisis and they just took offense. They just said, they just concluded, God is not worth it. It's not worth following this God. How can God be looking at me under this condition? How can how can how can he how can he leave me under this condition? Joshua didn't do he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He did not do that. An atheist, an atheist uh, recently communicated me and. Uh, he was telling me why he decided to become an atheist. He said he used to have a problem. Uh, the problem lasted in his life for about 30 years. He prayed. He was trusting God. Uh, God did not heal him. And he felt God is not worth it again. God is not there. He doesn't care. God doesn't give a damn about me. And he decided to switch. And he stopped believing in God. And he became an atheist. He joined the group of people who said there is no God. He said he used to believe in God, but just because he had 30 years uh, hold problem that refused to go, he concluded that there is no God. That if there was God, God should have healed him. That's why he became an atheist. Of course, I tried to respond to him. I tried to make him see who God is. And, uh, well, I can only pray because his decision, he has made his decision. It's only the Lord himself who can restore him. And I pray you will be restored in the name of Jesus, together with every uh, any anybody else who must have you know left God because of one crisis or the other, and they are now saying there is no God. God knows you, and He will prove Himself to you that He is still alive. In the name of Jesus, you will not be lost forever. Okay, so when you are having these conditions, when you are having these situations, and you don't know what to do, everything looks bad. The right response is to complain. The right response is to murmur. The right response is to lament his condition, is to grumble. We begin to tell everybody there's no God. God is not good. God is not kind. That's the right thing the devil expects you to say. That's exactly his plan. That he, if you don't believe me, go and go and look at the book of Job. Read the entire book of Job. When God was talking to the devil, have you seen my servant Job that he fears me, he loves me, he obeys my command? There's nobody like him. What did you think? What did you what did you read? What I mean, did you know what the, what the devil told you? God? Devil said to God, Job does not fear you for nothing. He said, You are taking care of Job, you are protecting him, you are not allowing anything to go wrong with his family, his business is booming. The devil told God, Why do you think Job will not love you? Why will he not serve? Why will he not praise you? Devil told God, everything is working in the life of Job. Why are you surprised? Why are you, why are you not surprised that he loves you, that he's serving you, that he's obeying you? He told God, 
put your hand out against Job. Let some of his things be destroyed. And watch, he will curse you to your face. That's what the devil told God. He said, God, let's do this experiment. Job, everything is going on well. That's why he's praising you. That's why he's serving you. Everything is beautiful in his life. The devil told God, let us go and you know destroy some of the things he likes. Let's try and attack. Let, let Just allow me. I will do it. God, don't worry. I will take care of that. Just allow me to attack some of his property, to attack some of his investments, to attack some of his children. I mean, to attack his children, to attack his health. Let me just, let me, let me deal with him a little. And let us watch how this job you have been boasting about, this job you have been saying loves you, you will see he will curse you to your face. God said, no, not job. Devil said, "There's only one, way, only, only one way to find out. Let me go and try." And God gave him permission, and he went to try. God gave him boundary. Nothing must happen to Job's life. You can do anything with whatever he has, but his life, don't touch it. That's the boundary. Devil said, "That's not a problem. Life is even too far. I will only destroy some of this. Just watch me." And the devil went, and the devil attacked everything in the life of Job. Oh my God. He attacked his property, killed all his children, all his oxen, his wealth was gone. He eventually attacked his health. Job was no longer fine. Job was covered with boys. I mean, Job's life was made miserable. (laughs) And what was the purpose of the experiment? So that Job would complain and lament and renounce God and curse God. That was the purpose of the experiment. But did Job do that? No. Do you know, even Job's wife, Job's wife, his very darling wife, when the wife looked at the condition of Job, she advised Job, curse God and die. That's his wife. His wife, you know, when I talk about this, I like to say it this way. His life, I mean, his wife preferred to be a widow. And to be looking at Job under that condition, it was so pathetic. Job was finished, but no, instead of cursing God, Job was saying something like, Even though he slayed me, yet will I trust in him? Oh my god, that is a man who understands God. You know the meaning of that? Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth when he has tried me, I will comfort as good. Those were the words of Job. Job knew it was trial. He said, when God is done, try me. I will come forth as good. I will shine. I know my Redeemer liveth. He's going to redeem me. He said, even though he slayeth me, that's KJV language, that is, even though God kills me, yet I will trust in him. That is a totally surrendered life. Not Job, not God, what, you know, what is this? I've been serving you. Why are you doing this? No, no, no. No. So the experiment went in favor of God. <clears throat> the devil, the devil lost the experiment. He lost the study. <laughs> the devil, the devil lost it because the, Job never cursed God. So I, I know, I, I see God telling the devil, didn't I tell you? <laughs> didn't I tell you? I know my son. I know Job. And when the experiment was over, everything Job lost, God replaced twice. God doubled his wealth, doubled his property, gave him back all his children, the Bibles, and gave him long life. He lived to see to the fourth generation of his children. He lived long to enjoy more than he suffered. And he died in peace. That is the God I serve. 
the bible says the bible took note that the latter end of job was better than his former meaning his level of prosperity before the problem came was higher it was a greater level after the problem because he passed the test so don't be like everybody else when something is not look at israelites every they were they were just they have just been delivered from from the land of captivity in egypt they were praising god in exodus 15 before you know it they got to a place there's no water they started lamenting oh why have you brought us to this place there's no water god gave them water again uh, oh there's no meat god gave them meat again oh this meat is the same every day can't there be another thing oh this they kept lamenting they kept complaining and that's why they died in the wilderness. that no they didn't enter the promised land only the children and Joshua and Caleb enter promised land. Everyone who murmured and complained in the wilderness died in the wilderness. Read your Bible. Complaining, lamenting, murmuring, grumbling sentences you to death. They sentence you to death. You just die. God has no room for complainers. God has no room for murmurers, for grumblers. Those who are, those who, instead of praising him, those who will be grumbling. You know, grumbling, the way I picture it, grumbling is like a stench. It's like you are bombarding the throne of grace with uh, with a toxic gas. You are almost like sending God away from his throne. He can't breathe. He can't breathe. Praise is his habitat. The Bible says the Lord inhabited the praises of his people. So if you are not praising him, you are not making his ecosystem conducive. You are not making his habitat confusing. You are, you are choking him. Your murmuring is choking God. Your complaining is choking him. You are not allowing him to breathe. And since he can't die, he would rather kill you. That's why he killed Israelites in the, in the wilderness. But when you praise him, regardless of your condition, the aroma is so beautiful, it's so sweet. God is perceiving it. It's, it's like I'm imagining, he's asking his angels, where is this coming from? And they say, ah, it's one man in one particular place. And what's happening? What's going on with him? He's currently having one problem, you know. You know the cancer is at the final stage. He's, a, he's almost dying, but because he trusts in you, he's still praising you. Really? And this aroma is so sweet like this? No, 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 he can't die of cancer. Go, Let's go and heal him. And they will go and heal him. You say, let's go and take over his battle. Let's go and set ambushment against his cancer. And suddenly you see somebody who's supposed to die, rises up and begins to live again. Offering confusing praise. I can't overemphasize it. When the devil is expect, expecting you to do something and you do that thing, you are not really mature. You are not, you are you don't know God yet. I like to surprise the devil. That's the way I live. Personally, I like to surprise him. When he expects something, when he expects me to do something, I do the opposite. He expects me to complain, I give thanks. I'm telling you, I like to surprise, I like, you know, I like to shock him. He's expecting me to murmur. That's when I celebrate Jesus. That's how to live. Offering confusing praise. That's what happens. The Lord comes to your deliverance. When the devil expects you to complain or murmur, instead you offer praise to God, God arises and takes over your battle, regardless of the nature of the battle. So I'll tell you this as I begin to close. Praising God in the midst of your troubles implies at least three things. And by the way, that's why the Bible, and that's what the Bible calls uh, offering the uh, uh, sacrificial praise. That's you know thanksgiving, thanksgiving in, in in conditions that are not conducive. They are sacrificial. That's sacrificial praise, sacrificial thanksgiving. It's not natural. Sometimes you might be praising God and be crying because the the pain is real. I mean, the pain is very very real. But you are still praising God. It doesn't matter whether you cry or not. Just make sure it's praise. Just make sure it is praise. He will take over that battle. I know him. So, praising God in the midst of your troubles implies at least three things. 
Number one, it confuses the devil and makes him look like a fool. And if you ask me, honestly, the best day in my life is the day I make the devil look like a fool. Because he thinks he's wise. You know, that's what he thought. He was crucified. When they were crucifying Jesus, you know, he thought he was winning. The Bible says if he knew, he would not have allowed them to crucify the King of Glory. He didn't know he was signing, he was nailing his own coffin. They were killing Jesus on the car. I mean, you know, they were nailing him. They were crucifying Jesus. He was happy. They were throwing party in hell. They didn't know they were finished. By the resurrection morning, devil's death sentence was signed already. He lost all the power completely. So I like to make the devil look like a fool. So when the devil expects you to complain and you are praising God, you confuse him and you make him look like a fool. That's one, that's one, uh, number one thing that happened, the implication. Secondly, God sees it as a proof of your trust in him. When you are praising God in the, in the midst of your problems, God sees it as a very mighty proof that you really trust him. If you look at Acts chapter 16, you look at 16 to 34, Acts 16, 16 to 34, Paul and Silas were doing the work of God. In fact, they had just cast out one dev, one devils from somebody. And you know, that's supposed to be a testimony that the devil has just been cast out. But the owner of the person in whom, I mean, from whom they cast out the devil was using that demon to make money. You know, soothsayers. They would just say one thing and you pay them, they tell you the future. That, that's what the guy, that, that's what the guy was. It was business to him. Now, Paul and Silas, they have cast out that demon. No more money for this particular person. There's no demon doing any suicide again. So they dragged them. They decided to beat them. They did all manners of things to them, you know, unlawfully. They didn't even try them. They just started like jungle justice, so to say. Unlawfully, and they jailed them. Beat them and put them in prison. Locked them tight. Unlawfully. Just because they did God's work. Now, is that not the best opportunity to complain? Ah, God... You ask us to cast out demons. Now we cast out demons. Look at us. Instead of people to praise God, they are they you know they are beating us. They are locking us up. Look at blood now. Look at my body. Just for casting out demons. Look at my leg now. I can't move. I'm locked up. How am I going to see my family? How am I going to? They that's the natural thing because it was the work of God that got them into trouble. It is God who said cast out demons, and they cast out demons, and now they are beaten and they are locked up for casting out demons. That's the, that's the most appropriate opportunity to lament and complain. But what did they do? They didn't. The Bible says at midnight, with all the blood on their body, with all the beating, all the stripes, with the, with the chain, with fetters, the locks, you know, they were still, the Bible says they were praising God. They praised God at midnight. They didn't even sleep. They didn't even pray. They praised God. Why? How can you praise God under that condition? Because they knew this secret of offering confusing praise. Oh my God. The Bible says Paul and Saturday they praised God. And they praised God so loudly that every prisoner, all the prisoners in other cells, they were hearing them. They could hear them sing. It wasn't silent singing. They sang out. They praised God loud on top of their voices. And the Bible says suddenly there was an earthquake. The foundation of the prisons were shaking. God himself came down to inhabit their praise. Whenever, wherever God finds praises, he comes there uninvited. Because technically, praising him is inviting him. You want God to come to your house today? Just praise him. He won't send angels. He will come. He didn't say angels inhabit. God inhabited. God lives in. God dwells. 
in the praises of his people you want god to continually live in your house you don't want god to live you don't want him to leave your house alone you want him to always be in your house then always praise him you want god to always be in your car when you are driving always praise him in your car anywhere you want god offer praise is there that's the way it works so these paul and silas they were praising god and god came he didn't send angels because when god is coming earthquake happens read your bible when god was going to appear to elijah on mount Oreb, the bible say earthquake first of all happened those are like people that travel before he comes earthquake you no know, rock splitting earthquake and the bible said their prison doors were open all the chains god losing every, they became free and they didn't escape they sat down there still enjoying the fellowship of the one who has come to inhabit their praises and before we know what was happening the jailer was even almost killing himself he thought they had escaped they said no 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 we have not escaped we are just praising god come over and they said what the jailer said what can i do to be saved before we know what was happening the jailer was saved family saved they took them out cleaned all their wounds gave them food and they became free praise offering confusing praise when you offer praises when I mean, in, in situations that do not actually, in situations that do not naturally qualify for praises, not only are you confusing the devil and making him look like a fool, God sees it as a proof of your trust in him. And trust me, he will arise. He will arise. And lastly, one of the implications when um, when you praise God in the midst of your trouble, it implies, I mean, it's a clear of it's a clear sign of maturity. It shows you are really growing in grace. You want to track your growth in this Christian journey. Check how you respond in times of crisis. You want to really know whether you are growing or not. Check yourself. How do you respond when things are not going your way? Do you complain? Do you lament? Do you trust God? Do you praise God? Do you give thanks? That's how to know whether you are really growing in grace. Because the Bible says in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Everything. So when you see yourself giving thanks, regardless of what is happening around you you are growing it's a clear sign of maturity so if you are not overcome murmuring and complaining as a christian i, I put it to you unfortunately but i have to say i have to tell you you are still carnal you are still carnal you are still in the flesh you are still carnal and the devil will not take you serious the devil doesn't take Kana's Christians serious. Sunday they are up, Monday they are down. Tuesday they are up, you know, the other day they are down. They, no, the devil doesn't take you serious. To, for the devil to take you serious, you have to be constant. You have to be constant. You have to be rock solid. You have to, you have to say something like, I can't be moved. Those who trust the Lord are like Mount Zion, unshaken by any circumstance. They can't be moved. You can't be moved. You are strong. You are solid. There's nothing happening. I know my Redeemer live it. Those are the people the devil takes serious. He just, he just respects you. Okay? So you, you need to come out of... If you are still murmuring, you need to come out of your carnality and start offering confusing praise so that the devil can get confused over your life and God can arise and take over your battle. When praises go up, God's blessings come down. When you send praises up, God's blessings come down. So you have to understand this. You must learn to send something up before expecting something to come down. Especially when you desire a change of story. If you send murmuring hope, destruction may come down. It happened in the children, to the children of Israel. But if you send praises up like Jehoshaphat and his people, then deliverance will come down. That is the way it is. It is what you send up that determines what comes down to you. So send something beautiful up and expect something beautiful come down. A man shall reap whatever he sows. Okay? 
And that's the message of the Lord for us today. Uh, it's my prayer that you begin to apply this in your life. I know there are there are situations that the last thing you want to do is to praise God, but please do. And practically speaking, even if you don't, if there's no enough energy to start praising God, put some music in it, put some gospel music, maybe one of your favorites, you know, put a music uh, that praises God, you know, put praise and worship, just put one thing or the other, your stereo music, your, you can listen by airport, you can put it in your car, just play some music that, 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 uh, that praise them, There's some music that actually talks about the praise of God some praise music some music where god is being praised not just lamentation music not god look at my life no as you put that music some or something will start staring in your heart and you'll be able to sing along with that person and your spirit will be lifted and before you know it you are the one praising do anything please just make sure you praise the lord or maybe you attend the concert rise up go to church go and attend praise and worship anyhow make sure you offer praise in your times of confusion and you will see the Lord Almighty arising and taking over your battle. That will be your experience in the name of Jesus. Now, uh, as before we pray, I would like to give opportunity to those who have not even surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. <laughs> you are still living in sin. Uh, there's no way you can even begin to praise God because your praise is an abomination. The prayer of the unrighteous is an abomination to the Lord. You are saying you are praising God, you are shouting, you are praying. God is saying this is abominable. You are not even my child yet. And you know, I just told you now that before you expect something to come down, you got to send something up. So you are still living in sin. The first thing God wants you to send up is your repentance. You have to send up your repentance for his forgiveness to come down to you. After that, you can now begin to praise him, begin to live and begin to apply all these things we are saying. So if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I will lead you in, a, I will lead you in this particular prayer. I will encourage you to say this prayer after me remember we are sending your repentance up so that forgiveness can come down to you so say after me say lord jesus i am a sinner i cannot help myself and that's why i need your salvation please come into my life today wash away all my sins and set me free from every bondage that sin has attracted into my life i confess you as my lord and savior today Please write my name in the book of life and help me to live for you alone from now onward. Also fill me with your Holy Spirit and don't let me ever become a powerless Christian. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for the entrance of your word that gives light. Thank you so much because we are blessed. Thanks for giving us this access code this password to your presence thanks for showing us how to make the devil look like a fool thanks for showing us how to hand over our battles into your hands thanks for showing us how to overcome all our adversaries via the instrumentality of praise lord accept our thanks in the name of jesus thank you so much for even the understanding of your word thank you because we are not confused anymore we can understand what you're teaching us lord accept our thanks in the name of jesus and we thank you so much for the lives of these ones who have decided to surrender their lives to you thank you for helping them to make this decision 
Lord, I pray for them that you will accept them in their beloved. You will wipe away all their sins. They have sins, repentance, hope. Lord, let forgiveness come for them. In the name of Jesus, write their names in the book of life and clear off every handwriting of ordinance that is against their lives in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever has been wrong with their lives, now that they are new creatures, Lord, attend to such in the name of Jesus. And I pray for every one of my listeners that today you will visit each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we begin to praise you, grace to keep praising you and grace to keep seeing you fight about to release upon us in the name of Jesus. And for those who will apply this principle, regardless of the battles or the crisis current in their lives, Lord, take over. The same way you took over the battle of Jehoshaphat, take over this one's battle. Let them have peace. Let them have rest and give them victory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. We return all the glory to you. In Jesus' mighty and unfailing name we have prayed. Amen. Amen and amen. Um, If you said that prayer, I want to congratulate you. It's done. You are now born again. You are a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So to learn more about this new life of yours, I want to encourage you to visit our website, like we said at the beginning of the episode. Visit our website at uh, www.gloem.org www.gloem.org you know there are wonderful publications materials articles devotional materials all manners of resources that can help you become well established in the law the more you know the more your freedom because this is, this is still the truth that set free okay so we encourage you to do that and if you want to be part of our weekly online bible study where we still share uh, the truth of the word of god the link is still on the website just click on the banner and you'll be directed to the uh, meeting room and uh, like we said also you can follow us on social media for important uh, updates you know check us out on facebook twitter instagram and all the um, available social media uh, platforms so you can just follow us like our pages so you can receive uh, uh, updates as they become available i want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast channel so you don't miss out on any episode you can do that on spotify or any channel you've been listening from just subscribe apple podcast you will always be notified when uh, fresh episodes are available and uh, it's actually every week so you just get notification and be able to partake you don't want to miss out on any of these wonderful truths and as you keep partaking the lord will bless you mightily in the mighty name of jesus okay so um if we also want to communicate us you are very free just send us an email info at gloom.org info at gloom.org you want prayers you want to share your testimony it's something you want us to know you just want to say hello you can communicate us we'll be so happy to hear from you and uh, if you want to do that also via the um, listening platform just drop us a voice message we'll hear from you i'll be able to respond the lord bless you mightily as you do that in the name of jesus yeah so thank you so much for listening to this uh, week's episode it's been a wonderful time in god's moment and uh, if you have been blessed by it, or probably the previous ones want to encourage you to share with your friends and family, your colleagues, share with other people so we can all be partakers of this great blessing. And uh, next week we'll be here again for fresh episode if the Lord has not returned. Uh, until then, keep enjoying your freedom in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Bye.